We have another live show for you guys. We're coming back to New York City because I'm back in town. We put something together for May 15th. We're back at Sesh Comedy. Show starts at 7.30. Doors open at 7 p.m. I'm so excited. We loved Sesh when we were there the last time. I'm pumped to be able to do another show back in New York so soon. So Wednesday, May 15th. For tickets, head to our website at findingmrheight.com slash live. That's findingmrheight.com slash live. You can get your tickets right there. That ticket link will be up as you are hearing this announcement. And the venue is BYOB. So if you want a drink, bring a drink. If you like a Diet Coke, bring a Diet Coke. And we're going to hang out afterwards. We can say hello to everybody. Hope to see you all there. See you there. I think that's how we started chatting was about food, if I'm being yes. honest. Yes. So. Yes. Because I think I was following you because Did of that Did she say, friend. hey, what? big question for you. What shared appetizers <laughs> would you get if we were on a date? <laughs> Hello, and welcome to another episode of Finding Mr. Hyde, the podcast. I'm Allie, back with my co-host, Rourke. Hello. Hello. Um, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. All Whatever it may be. Yes. we're. It's welcome to 2022, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. By the time people hear this, it will be 2022, which is yeah. just wild to think of. Totally. That New Year's Eve is in like four days. I can't. Five days? Six yeah. days? Whatever. It's soon. Yes. Too soon. And by the time people hear this, it will already have happened. <laughs> Uh, it's all just slipping away. Uh, yeah. What's going but on no. with you? Um, not too much. I mean, I'm still – so I am in Dallas until Tuesday morning, first thing. I'm, like, flying before the workday starts. Um, and mm-hmm. since I'm flying, like, back in time. Um, yes. Love flying west. Yeah. Um, so not, like, a whole lot to report on that front just because I've been home and also I've been broken up with. And um, – <laughs> So that's still a thing. Okay. Yes. Um, but no, I I guess I can report. So like I'm back on I'm back on Bumble. Back in action. You and back I are, are kindred spirits in this sense that we both just back in action pretty yeah. pretty immediately. And because I because I think that I also knew that like I wasn't because Christmas was happening, I wasn't going to be able to meet up with anyone right away. Yes. And so I had like a few week buffer of like, let's see how it feels to swipe, to start talking to people, da 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 da. And yeah. just as with before, a myriad of successes and failures. <laughs> and you are swiping, though you are in Dallas, you are using travel mode to be swiping on men in LA, right? I am, yes. And it's kind of fucking me over because of the geo range that you can't fix. Yes, because when you put in where you're traveling to, it's yeah. like, a specific yeah you can't tell it yeah and so i keep not imagining with these two well, guys I, in pasadena and i'm like i really can't do that yeah it happens to me when i travel to new york because then i end up with people that are like way upper west that are typically outside of my they live two hours from me oof okay that's way worse than pasadena yeah. i mean not in a car but like most people don't have cars like it would right. literally would take me to get to like the upper reaches of the upper west side two hours fuck Brutal. yeah um, okay, so you are you are swiping. I am. What are our experiences so far? So mixed bag. Um, some Always. like some totally promising. I've given my number to a couple people. We'll see how it goes. Great. Um, maybe set up something for before New Year's Eve. So like a lot of people are t- like I I actually would 
not be surprised if I don't have a date until 2022, which is totally fine. So I think that would maybe be fine. By the time this is airing, I'll have a date scheduled. Um, but I've been mixing up the. I still go with like, hey, big question for you, because I just think that's a good like hook to yes. get it started. And then Absolutely. I've been mixing up the question a lot. I want to talk about some successes and failures here. Great. And, by and failures, I, I mean on the part of men. <laughs> complete failures on their part. I also want to say that I do – I also – I think people think I always use the appetizer question because I get this in DMs a lot. Oh. I I don't. <laughs> so, like, it's one of the examples that I've provided, but, like, I do suggest mixing it up because if only for the fact that you yourself will get bored by having the same conversation over and over again. Exactly. And so I did a lot of, like, holiday-themed questions. Mm, yes. Love a temporal question. Yeah. And so – I said, hey – I mean, I'm not going to go out this person. Who cares? This is a generic name. Hey, Zach, <laughs> big question for you. He said, yeah, what's Zach? That? Oh, my yeah. God. You've exposed him. I know, right? Doxed. Um, <laughs> he, said, he said, yeah, what's that? Ask away. I said, okay, holiday meal theme. Fuck, Mary, kill, stuffing, mashed potatoes, charcuterie. Okay. How Can would I you respond to that? Yeah. Okay. Um, my answer. Okay, wait. Say say the three again. Fuck Mary Kill stuffing, stuffing, mashed potatoes, charcuterie as like okay, your appetizer. I'm, I'm killing stuffing 100. percent That's an easy answer. Psychotic. Um, <laughs> stuffing is dry. Okay, whatever. We don't need to get into this debate right now. Um, definitely killing stuffing. I think that I am going to marry charcuterie because of the variations. Yes, you could have something different for the rest of your life. Totally. Um, and then we're fucking mashed potatoes. Okay. So I would I, – I completely agree on charcuterie because, like, that can sustain you. The variety can sustain you. All Keep the food it. groups could be can, could be included. Exactly. And then I absolutely fuck stuffing because, like, it's – I have it so rarely because, like, it's such a burden to make gluten-free and, like, it just mm-hmm. is a fucking schlep. I have a great recipe for it and I only have it on Thanksgiving. I, I literally have it once a year. And so – it's like a very indulgent delight for me. And like mashed potatoes are fine, but like they never set the world on fire, even though oh, I do. Oh, you're not having the right mashed potatoes. No, I, I think I like I really like my recipe, but like I just don't like they're I just got to kill them. They just have to go by the wayside. <sighs> I do have a really good um, rice stuffing for my gluten free family members. That is oh, very interesting. Good. Yeah. Um, I usually get a gluten free sourdough at the farmer's yeah. market. Also good. Okay. Anyway, so that is how a normal person might answer that question. Yeah. He says, good question. We had pasta and meatballs with garlic bread stuffing and wine. Fuck, Mary kill, dot, dot, dot. What? What? (laughs) We just yelled what at the same time. (laughs) I literally don't even understand it. I also want to point out, because I've seen the screenshot, that he spelled Mary like Merry Christmas. And yeah, which you I think was a very pun. kindly, I don't think it's a pun. You oh, very damn. kindly are giving him the benefit of the doubt on this. It doesn't matter because he he answered wildly. Yeah. By for he, not only did he not answer the fuck Mary Kill question, but also if he, if his intent was to give you a fuck Mary Kill, he's given you four items. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Did you even reply? Pasta? Oh wait, pasta and meatballs could be one thing. Garlic bread stuffing and wine. That's three. Oh. Okay, I think I was reading pasta and meatballs as two separate things. Understandable. I had, I had meatballs as an entree last night, so I was not thinking about meatballs that go on top of pasta. But the thing is, it makes 
no sense for him to pose it back to me without answering it. No. He needs to answer your question. Yeah. Ugh. Do you think – okay, he did acknowledge that it was a question, though, because he said good question. Yes. But if he hadn't have done that, I would have maybe wondered – we're reaching too hard to give this man the benefit of the doubt. But I would have maybe wondered if he thought you were telling him – Yes. That you would, in the order you said, whatever order you said, that you would yes. fuck stuffing uh, – no, Mary – fuck Mary Kill. That you would fuck stuffing Mary mashed potatoes and kill charcuterie. Correct. But then his sequencing is really weird. Emmy so then he would be saying would be garlic bread stuffing. I feel like wine. Why would he kill wine? That's why crazy. Why would he kill wine? Yeah. His takes are terrible. M E R R Y would be garlic bread stuffing. Yeah. Like what's Mary about that? I, no, nothing his, makes sense. No, it's not a pun, Rourke. It's a, it's a bad spelling of a word that you just exemplified how to spell. Yeah. It's – anyway, so like that's the low I would say. But then that's I'm low. having – good conversations with several other people one put like a cute thing about wanting to get like a dog with the person they date so i my question to him was what type of dog are we getting Love um that. yeah like it's it's fun it's nice like they come they go we'll see what happens it's all good that's great did you um, know though on bumble that you now i didn't this is new since the classmate that if you scroll down all the way to the bottom it'll like tell you the people that have ended the chat with you what? Yeah. Scroll down all the way to the bottom, like, of your inbox? Yeah. So, like, it'll show me where, like, a person deleted their account, but then it'll also give me the names of the people that unmatched me. All the way at the bottom? I don't yeah. even think I can make it to the bottom because I don't unmatch people. But they may like, have unmatched you. I'm, like, still – no, but, like, I can't even – I'm still scrolling to oh, try to make yeah, it to yeah. the bottom. Yeah. Look, yeah, I, I don't have that many yet. Oh. Oh, wow. I, I can't get there. It's not going to work. It's too many Because people. the guy that I told you who was like, you are very gorgeous and I would like to steal a kiss. And I said, Fuck that, man. Oh, nothing. He, he unmatched me. Deleted account. Deleted account. I don't see people who oh. – all I see are deleted yeah. accounts. Do you see how mine says Anthony and Jake and then deleted yeah. account? Yeah. Anthony and Jake. No longer. Oh, so Anthony and Jake unmatched you. Yeah. Looks like Lee ended the chat. There you go. Oh, interesting. I never noticed this because I have too, so many people in my inbox. That's not a flex. That's just – I was about to just, say, oh, so popular. It's not a flex. It's just a virtue of the fact that I don't I don't unmatch people because I don't trust Bumble not to put them back in my queue. Um, now, I've, now I've just seen the rower and I'm looking at his profile again. Nope, nope. Put that away. I'm doing it anyway. I'm sorry. It's Allie. too late. It's toxic. He's just so cute. Okay. Um, okay, yeah. So that's a new anxiety unlocked for me um, that I can now scroll to the bottom of my inbox and look at all those people. Um, but before I get into my updates, funny story about – so you're back on Bumble. Yeah. And that got me thinking about like the first time that I was ever on Bumble, which was way back when because I actually beta tested Bumble. Mm -hmm. And – I beta tested Bumble and the new version of Hinge, not the original version where you had to have like a mutual Facebook friend. Right. Oh my God, I remember that. And it looked very different. I don't yeah, know if you remember did. what the interface looked like, but it looked very different. And then they launched a totally new app that you had to download, like that was this whole new version. And so I beta tested that version. Um, I think because I was an active OkCupid user and OkCupid sells their data to other dating apps. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's how I came on their radar. Anyway. So I went on a very early in the day, early in the game Bumble date. Um, 
And my very first Bumble date came from a Mary Fuck Kill opener. Oh my God. That's so funny. Yeah. So I used to use that. So big question for you is newer for me. Like I'd say in the last couple of years, I've started using that. I used to just open with a fun question. And for mm-hmm. a while, it was fuck, Mary kill. And at the time, I was using pancakes, waffles, French toast. Great one. I my, A guy friend of mine does bread, rice, noodles. Oh, bread, rice, noodles. Okay. We can't – we don't have time. Yeah. Um, okay. So <laughs> – so um, so my very first Bumble date was with a guy that I ended up calling Waffles because that was his selection. Makes sense. And Makes sense. It's all going together. This was – yes. And this was back when Finding Mr. Height was an actual blog, like like a Tumblr type thing. Yeah. I think, it, I think it was posted on WordPress. But yes, like a live journal situation. Um, yeah, not Tumblr. Um, and so I wrote about him. At the time, it was anonymous. Like I was anonymous writing. But um, I called him Waffles. And listeners may remember the 4th of July blindside breakup story, which yes. ties into today's episode a little bit, though I don't mention that particular blindside breakup, but where this guy broke up with me on my friend's rooftop underneath the fireworks on the 4th of July out of nowhere. Because also it was a breakup of like, you're not my girlfriend. And you were like, well, in that case, I guess we're not together. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you for <laughs> reminding me of that, that it, it was during a what are we conversation. Yes. Where I said, I, my friend was asking me what we are and I would like to call you my boyfriend. And he, was he like, said, no, I no, would no, like no, to no. leave. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, so that was Waffles. But that started, that was my very first Bumble date I ever went on and started from a Fuck, Mary Kill opener. Amazing. It was also a, our, was it a? I think it was our first date where this happened, where we set the date like a week in advance for, you know, just scheduling purposes. Mm -hmm. And then we didn't talk in that week, which is fine. As you know, we, you know, we don't recommend talking too much before a first date, but we never confirmed the date, but we both showed up to it. Oh, well, that's good. And yeah, but I remember- Kind of unlike what we would do now, I think, but- Completely unlike what I would do now. But I recall sitting at the bar- waiting for him to show up. I was early. He wasn't late. And thinking to myself, wait a minute. Oh, my God. (laughs) You haven't talked to this man in a week. What are the odds he is actually going to walk through that door? Amazing. I mean, I'm glad he he showed. Yeah. And another tidbit about him, and then we can move along, is that when – so I was living with um, a friend of mine who I had – she was like a random mutual friend who had moved in with me after my longtime roommate left the city. And we are now very close friends. But at the time, we weren't that close. She had just moved in. Like, she was a stranger when she moved in. Um, And I showed her this Bumble profile of this guy that I was going out with. And because they went to the same college. And it was a Mm -hmm. fairly small college. And let's pretend that his name was Zach. Great. Um, Because it's – so I showed her the profile. And I was like, do you know this guy? He went to insert school here. And she goes – Oh my god, it's hot Zach. Oh, that's so funny. That's such oh yeah. I would be like, yeah. But yeah. Then so apparently she had a crush on this guy in oh. college, and all she and her friends all referred to him as hot Zach. Wow. Love that funny. for you, except not the ending. <laughs> not the ending. No. But uh he was hot. Oh, hilarious. So um, was well, what is going on in the modern, modern days of Allie? 
In modern day alley news, I am still smitten kitten over the rower. Great. I have actually decided to let both my Bumble and my Hinge memberships expire. Oh, shit. Which is a big fucking deal because especially Hinge is essentially unusable for me without a, a membership. Right. So you're basically going dark on Hinge. Pretty much. And let me tell you, Rourke, so my Hinge, my Bumble doesn't expire until like next week, I think. But my Hinge expired last night. And I know that because I woke up to 25 Hinge notifications of people who've liked me. What? And if you don't pay for – so my filters are gone. Right. So oh. it – I think – I don't know this to be true yet because Did as it like a open free, you up to a whole new world? I think so. And I think it was pent up demand, 100%. if you will. Of course. Like, Rel- because they, because – Open the floodgates yeah. for all the men. People have been like, hello, let me in. Stop gatekeeping Allie. Um, so that's not what's happening. But if you don't know this, listeners, um, just because you aren't seeing people's profiles because you filtered them out doesn't mean they're not seeing yours. And on the flip side, that means that people that you're seeing may never see you. Brutal. It sucks. But it they do show you, dating apps do show you people that will never see you because you're not in their filters. Um, and so that is likely why I all of a sudden got all these likes because they've been showing my profile to people that sit outside my filters. And the minute those filters were gone, the floodgates open. That being said, the very first one, so if you're a free member on Hinge, you can't see everyone who likes you all at once. I'm probably preaching to the choir here that as everybody knows this, but I didn't know this because I've been a preferred member for a minute now. And you can only see one person who likes you at a time. You have to decide yeah. on that person before it will show you the next person. And I don't really want to do that right now. So I can only see the first guy, but he fits my filters, my previous filters. Oh, how interesting. Yeah. And it could just be an anomaly. It could just be this one guy happened to like me and like the other fucking thousand right. won't be. I, I won't know until I like take the time to piece through them. But yeah, the point is, is that, yeah, I am essentially going dark on dating apps. Um, Great. It's also probably a better idea for me to see the free versions in terms of like the advice that I'm giving because like a oh, lot sure, of times yeah. a lot of times like things will happen like when Bumble removed the ability to filter for free members. Crazy. I didn't know because I paid for it. Right. So um so at this point you're feeling like you want to see through yes. how the rower goes. Yes, I feel like I I don't – I am I am still not excited to talk to anybody new and I feel like it's not fair to yeah. other people to start conversations that I'm not excited about continuing. It's already happened that I've like not ghosted because I've never met them and we're just talking on a dating app, but I've like dropped off the face of the planet to several people where I started the conversation because you have to on Bumble yep. and then stop talking. Yeah. And that's shitty. Yeah to do so i'm not gonna do it i'm just not gonna talk to anyone right now very fair good yeah. i'm excited no matter what happens i am I too i think i'm gonna ask if he wants to spend new year's eve together oh fantastic a friend of ours is considering hosting a small group of us and we're all gonna get tested beforehand to go and do a little like apartment hang great and so I haven't asked her yet. I am first going to ask her if she would be comfortable if the rower being both boosted and rapid tested came. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and if she is comfortable with that, I think I'm going to ask if he wants to. Great. Yeah. I've been like drafting the text in my head. What does that text say? It says something like, do you have plans for New Year's? Good threshold question. He might have plans, 100%. but I'm not – but I am going to – it is all going to be one text message. Oh. I am not going to do the thing to him where I ask if he has plans without telling him why I'm asking. Okay. Because I hate when people do that to me. Like I hate when people are like, are you free tomorrow? And you're like, maybe, depending on what you're about to say. Yeah, very true. Very true. So like I don't want – like let's say that there, there's a world in which he doesn't feel like we're ready to spend New Year's together. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't have plans but also doesn't feel ready to spend New Year's with me, I don't want him to feel backed into a corner. 100%. That's very fair. So I want to I want to give him yeah, all the so information. Like, do you have plans for your New Year's? If not, here's an idea. Yeah, exactly. So that I was going to say, do you have plans for New Year's? If not, a friend of mine is throwing a small thing at her apartment. Do you want to come? Beautiful. Yeah. So um, – I'm, like, toying with whether I say, like, no pressure or, like, something that, like, indicates that, like, it's okay for him to say no. I would leave that off. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. I think, I think stand like, stand strong in the question that you're asking him and yeah. he, can, he can respond how he wants. Right. Like, I'm asking if you want to come. If you, like, I think I, I think it should be, hopefully, because we know each other well enough – Hopefully he will feel comfortable, just like we're about to talk about in this episode, hopefully he will feel comfortable giving me his real answer based on how he is really feeling. Mm -hmm. Totally. And not feel pressured based on how I am feeling. Yes. Because I also don't – I don't like put too much emphasis on New Year's. Like I don't think it's a big deal. No, New Year's Eve is the stupidest fucking – I hate New Year's Eve. (laughs) Hot take from Rourke. Yeah. I think it sucks. Rourke rant. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I, I agree in the sense that it can get like super over, over planned, overpriced, overcomplicated. Um, I like it as just a celebration because I like celebrating things. Yeah. True, true, true. Yeah. I like an excuse to like get together. I just don't uh, like, it's interesting. New Year's is not my most contemplative time. Um, I think I've been on like Mm. a school schedule so long. My year feels like it resets in September. And so I think about kind of like goals and resetting in like September. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I wonder if that'll shift like the further away you get from having been in school. Like for, yeah. it's really recent for you at the moment. Yes. Yeah, yeah. This for me, that's like This is my first like non-final wild. season in years. Um, I'd kill for winter break right now. <laughs> yeah. So like I'm going into it with that mentality that like New Year's is like just another night. We're just like we happen to be celebrating something. Obviously, he would be meeting several of my friends. Oh, True. True. Um, which I also don't really think is that big of a deal, but some people might. Agreed. And but I do like that you're not even mentioning that in the text. Cause that is right. It's ancillary to the ask, really. Yes. Like and it's not saying, do you want to meet my friends? Exactly. And I think he can you know, I, I wouldn't fault him if he doesn't feel ready, I don't fault him at all for fibbing his way out of this situation if he wants to say, like, oh, actually, like I I am going to do something with like my friends. Let's see each other that weekend or something. No, not I, I at think all. That'd be totally fine. A hundred percent. And it, it it could be. I mean, it's five days from now. He could feasibly have plans. Oh, for sure. Listen, I mean, I have plans. I have choices between plans. 
Fuck you, Rower. <laughs> I don't care what you're doing. I have choices. <laughs> I have choices. Um, so yeah, step one will be to ask my friend if, if she's cool with that. Um, and then step two will be to ask him, which I think I'm going to do maybe tomorrow. Fantastic. Which is Keep Monday. posted. For the Friday. I will. Duh. Um, I'm feeling good about it. I'm just in, not about New Year's in specific, but just in the general. That yeah, well, no, just about and the about relationship. Him. Yes, about him. Yeah, I feel good about like where we're at. We have been in actually even better touch this time than the last time I was away. I think that he has. It is now a large enough sample size to think that he has heard my feedback about his texting cadence. That's great. Yeah. Like, it's not immediate and I don't need it to be, but it is It is very clearly, like, when he sees it and is yes. able to reply. Great. Which, like, there was no there was no world in which he was not seeing it for 24 hours. Correct. 100% correct. So I, I have appreciated that. We went back and forth on Christmas about, like, what, you know, things we got and what we were eating. Because he's three hours ahead, I woke up to already having a Merry Christmas text from him, which felt really nice. That is great. Yeah. And a gif of a naked Santa Claus. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was funny. So, yeah. That's amazing. I'm, I'm feeling good. Um, and, you know, not to uh, shift the energy, but uh, we are kicking off our breakup series this week. Perfect timing. Love to hear it. And I, I have to say thank you for no – maybe I guess it's thank you to the classmate, but thank you for, you know, living your life pursuant to the content. Exactly. Yeah. He he knew he knew what needed to be done and he executed. <laughs> did. A job well done. Um, so, yeah, this is going to be a three-part series. So we have three episodes on breakups coming up. Today we're going to be talking to my friend Dara Pollock. Um, who is at Dara Pollock on Instagram. She is a food writer and food photographer, works in the hospitality industry in general. Her food looks, the food looks great. Her food is fucking bomb, let me tell yeah. you. Um, and she also takes incredible pictures. Like a lot of food blogs that people probably follow, she's cre- like she takes pictures for them. Um, so she's an incredible photographer and writer. And she recently went through a blindside breakup and wrote a blog post about it. And when I read that, I was like, this could actually be great for her to come on the pod and talk about this and be the kickoff to our series of, you know, a real person out there experiencing this shit in the real world. Yeah. Well, let's chat with her as our inaugural guest. And um, I think that like, this is also like, I I was just saying how I don't really get super contemplative about the new year, but you know, maybe you went through a breakup or, you know, maybe you're restarting your kind of dating intentions for the new year. And I think this is whether or not it's a breakup or just sort of a dating reset. I think that it's helpful advice. Totally agree. Um, And then just so everybody knows, part two is going to be just me and Rourke. um, And we'll chat about some of our experiences, maybe talk about being the breaker upper. And then part three, we are going to have Amy Chan on the pod, um, who is incredible. She wrote the book Breakup Bootcamp. Um, so actually, this is like a, a nice little lead in. If you haven't read that book and you want to before we talk to Amy, now's your chance. You've got like two weeks. Beautiful. All righty. 
So I've been talking a bunch about how I'm trying to order in less. And part of that is that I'm cooking at home more, but when I don't have time to cook, which is more often than not, I have really still been loving Factors meals that are ready to eat in just two minutes. Yeah, and they have so many options too. Every week, their menu, they have 35 options that you can pick from. So you can find whatever it is that you're looking for. It's so easy. It's no fuss and no mess. It's so great. And I've also been really enjoying their add-ons that they have. So they have breakfast. They have on-the-go lunches if you don't work from home. I've been ordering their snacks recently to have like a little pick-me-up in the afternoon. And I've really been enjoying that. Yeah. And they also are celebrating Earth Day all month. You can look for their Earth Month Eats badge on their menu. And that will be meals that have the lowest carbon footprint. So shout out to Factor for that one. That's pretty cool. So you can head to factormeals.com slash FMH50 and use code FMH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code FMH50 at factormeals.com slash FMH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Well, let's get to Dara. And now we are back with Dara. Hello. Welcome to Finding Mr. Hyde, the podcast. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming yeah. on, Dara. This yeah. um, this whole series is very timely. Um, Dara probably doesn't know. <laughs> I told her. I, I, oh, great. I let it slip. <laughs> Perfect. I'm yeah. So- yeah, I'm so sorry to hear about that, by the way. It's, it's the totally fine. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we do it all for the content around here, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Actually, my entire relationship with the classmate was staged for the content. I don't know. I'm that good of an actor. <laughs> Imagine, though, if he had done this, like, right after we did the breakup series, and we probably would have been like, fucking come on, man. Like, you couldn't just time this better for us to talk about it? Right. Totally. Can't win. <laughs> um, but yes, Dara, we are so excited to have you here. Um I, it's funny because I like don't even remember when you and I first met. I know that we like have a mutual friend that you went to college with um, and that I played volleyball with, but like how long ago? I don't even. So we, yeah, we did not meet through the college friend because I am way older than you. That's numero uno. Uh, (laughs) But I know that I think you had like reached out to me about food something or other at some point and I think that's how we started chatting was about food, if I'm being yes. honest. So. Yes. Because I think I was following you because Did of that Did she say, plan. hey, what? big question for you. What shared appetizers <laughs> would you get if we were on a date? <laughs> Maybe, <Right>. yes. <laughs> Talk to Dara as I do my Bumble matches. Um, yes. I think I was already following your food blog because of our mutual friend. And then, mm-hmm. yes, good memory. And then we started chatting about that. And then I realized, wait a minute, I'm not very good at this, but I can talk about dating. Yep. And then I remember you were like crushing it on TikTok with your videos. And I was just like, everyone's always telling me to get into TikTok. And like, I do very little on there now, but like, especially last year, people were like, just do it, just do it. And then you were crushing it on there. And I was looking at your videos and I was like, this is amazing. I wish I could do this. So yeah, kudos to that. Cause it's awesome. Thank you. I do maintain, I think, like, your personality is made for TikTok. I maintain this. Oh, uh, thank you. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm, I've got some exciting things happening in the new year. So hopefully with Ooh. that, we'll see. <laughs> Amazing. Fun. Yeah. That's super fun. But yeah, so through that, because I was following you, I, you know, knew that you had a boyfriend. I, you know, had kind of been following along with that. I was especially tickled that you had met on a dating app. 
given, you know, my whole shtick. (laughs) And then I don't actually think I've told you this part. Mm-hmm. So I missed, I don't know what I was doing. Usually your stories pop up to the top for me because I, I watch them every Yay. time. <laughs> but I somehow missed your stories about like during the breakup. Okay. And so I, I was very not caught up and I was like, oh my God, now I feel like I can't go back and ask her now. She's already done all of these stories. Oh, that's so wild. Yeah, no, I didn't know that. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I like gathered, I learned, I basically was just like, learn. I learned a lot throughout every time I saw another story about it. I was like, okay, that, okay. Got it. First of all, you totally could have asked me. I'm like very much an open book. I had the same thing kind of happen with a lot of people where even like months, months later, somebody said something to me about how they hadn't seen him on there in a while. And I was like, um, yeah, so (laughs) about that, but like, I'm not shy. Like I talk about pretty much everything. So yeah, you could have asked. It was I appreciate that. But it was more so just because I know I get annoyed when people ask me about things that I have updated on. Like totally. I still get questions about this guy that I dated a year ago. Of like, <laughs> whatever happened to him? I'm like, I, yeah. I don't even remember at this point. Like, right. keep up. Yeah, I think you should um, start saying really incendiary false things. Like, he drowned. <laughs> he died. <laughs> he got eaten by a bear. It's all yeah. over. <laughs> now asking about I went the guy that I'm talking about we called him the duke and I went on like a bunch of virtual dates with him while I was in California last year and then I met him for the first time in person and that was the only time we ever met in person oh wow interesting yeah and people were so invested in him I I don't understand how this happened but so to this day people are like whatever happened to the duke I should start saying that yeah, no, that's wild. I can see that too. I, I get annoyed sometimes when people don't like follow what's happening, but then I'm also like, I know I can be really bad about stories and keeping up. So I'm like, eh, I give a little more leeway. <laughs> yeah, I I try, but yeah. it's I like now have like saved replies about certain breakups. When people ask about something, I'll just be like, mm, here's your ASV breakup story. Oh yeah. That's um, but yeah, so then you wrote your blog post mm-hmm. all about it, um, yeah. which I posted at the time when mm-hmm. you wrote it. And so many people messaged me yeah. talking about how it resonated with them. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that it did because that was one of the reasons that I, one of the main reasons that I did it, it was like, I didn't do it to drag him. You know what I mean? Like people were like, <laughs> some of my friends were like, bury him. And I was just like, no, no. <laughs> I was like, that's not the reason I was doing it because the same kind of thing happened with me when I first shared just some stories about it. Like I hadn't even written shit about it. I just shared stories. So many people reached out being like, this happened to me, this happened to me. And it was like, nice knowing that I wasn't alone. And like, you know, yeah, but it it was surprising how many people this really does happen to. It's, it's very sad. Absolutely. Um, Except I I fucked up and I skipped weird or not. Before diving into the breakup content. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's okay. go. Let's dial it back a little bit. We got to just okay. reverse just a little bit. I got too excited to start talking to you. And then I <laughs> totally forgot of my whole job. Um, so, so we, you know about Weird or Not. And we have a New Year's Eve themed one Ooh. this week. Because this episode is going to come out um, like right after, right? Right after New Year's. So, you know, kind of like. Yeah all times is that right yeah work does a better job of knowing when stuff comes out than i do (laughs) so this week's weird or nah is you're exclusive but they don't want to do new year's eve with your friends okay Uh, i would like to so for the discussion of this i want to take COVID off the table 
Yes, I think that is actually a really good call because a lot of people said that. I think we should think about this in a vacuum. Like, yes, think about this for its emotional background, not just not true health concerns. Yes, health and safety aside. Yeah, great call because a bunch of people said that. Yeah. Um, okay. So I feel like I need more. Am I allowed to ask for context? <laughs> Cause like, no, because technically no listeners. Damn. Cause like for but, me, I'm like, depends how long they were dating, you know, where do they live? How, you know, I, I kind of feel like it's one of those things, but we'll fill in whatever blanks you need to come to like your decision. Like I will often say when I hear this, I think this, and therefore it's weird. <laughs> Well, I think that's what's interesting about these things is because when people answer them, they are, whether they realize it or not, filling in blanks for themselves, which I actually think is sort of apropos of what we're going to talk about later. I was just going to say, yeah, that's true. Because like the only blanks that I would want filled in for something like that is like how long I guess they were dating for. But either way, if you are exclusive, I do think that's a little weird. So what do you think the split is of the listeners? Weird versus not? Yeah. I'm gonna say the, the I'm gonna say the majority think it's weird. What's the percent? Oh, I don't know. I'm so bad at numbers. Um, sixty four. Sixty four <laughs> weird. Sixty four weird. Forty no thirty six. No, thirty six. I change not. it. I change it. Seventy two percent weird. Okay, so you're you're thinking pretty weird. <laughs> I'm thinking it's pretty weird. I don't know. Just based on what I know of the internet, that's what I'm going with. I don't know. <laughs> Okay, Rourke, where are you at? I'm going to say, knowing that I think a lot of people are going to have context excuses for this one, I'm going to say this one is 50-50. Mm. Okay. So, Rourke, you were right for most of the poll. It is only in the last few hours. When I checked it this morning, it was pretty close to 50-50. In the uh-huh. last few hours, it has gone to 44% weird, 56% nah. Really? Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, so I think that more people I think are crazy than they actually are. So maybe that's good. <laughs> so maybe that's a good thing. Well, it's just interesting to me, like how the the, the filling in the blanks and how yeah. people do that on their own, because right. it was interesting to me, the people who the assumptions people made. And so some people assumed that if they didn't want to spend it with your friends, it also meant they didn't want to spend it with you. Oh, well, that's, that's 100% how, oh, wait, was that not the question? Uh, No, that's how I interpreted it at well, as well, where essentially I viewed it as a person setting a boundary that like you and your friends are planning something. I'm not going to that. So you can either come with me or not. Oh no. Yes. I took it completely the wrong way. I think I thought it meant that they don't want to spend it with you and your friends, like meaning that you're not, which could be a ramification. Right. I thought, okay. Cause if they're still spending it together, but just not with your friends, then I would have changed my answer. That's what I Yeah, mean. but that's not taking it wrong. That's just, there is yeah. no right or wrong, right? Like the, the, the context isn't given, but I think it's interesting where our head goes. Yeah. Because a, a lot of people that said it wasn't weird, which right. was like more the majority, they said like, oh, maybe they just wanted to be more romantic, the two of you. Yes, and I didn't even think that that was an option. I thought it meant nope. that they just only were saying no to you and your friends. You know what I mean? I like, want to spend it with you or anyone yeah. else in your yeah. world. Interesting. <laughs> okay. Now now we know where my head's at. Good. <laughs> much more secure, I guess. I'm like, oh, no, they just want to spend it with me. How romantic is that? That's so funny. No, yeah, I did not. I didn't frame it that way in my head. No. (laughs) But like that's. I find this interesting about so many of these ones that we do where like 
people are going into it with just obviously different frames of reference and like different backgrounds and reading right. way different things. Um, yeah. yeah, that's definitely which, interesting. Yeah, which I think like back to what we were talking about before that I was supposed to start talking about now. Yeah. I think that really is relevant for this too, because, you know, even with your breakup story, which we're, we're not making the assumption that listeners have read it. So don't right. worry, listeners, we will, there we'll talk about what happened. Um, so you don't have to like, you know, go quickly do research. Um, <laughs> but when you read that story, your past experiences and work, and I talked about this a little bit when we both initially first read it, totally inform, I think, too, how you're reacting to it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, but, so do you want to tell us a little bit about, about what happened? Yes, I can elaborate. So I'm going to, I'm like, let me try to give an abridged version of this, but basically I, so yeah, I did, I met my ex on a dating app on hinge and I've never had a successful like relationship from a dating app before. And I'm not saying it's not possible, but I just never have, it's just never worked out for me. So another reason why I was like even more surprised that I was like, wow, I actually met a great human on here or whatever. And it was just like, right off the bat, you know, we clicked. Um, it was like, there were no games. It felt just very like mature. It felt very safe. Like I, I like using the word safe because I don't know, I feel like I'm especially a pretty intuitive person and I can sense like when other people, you know, are not on the same page as me or whatever. Yeah. I and mean, sometimes it's a little bit of like past trauma coming into play. But for the most part, if I don't have that like crazy anxiety feeling all the time, I think that that's a good thing. And I think that's what you should want is to feel like safe and stable. Totally. I mean, we've like talked with previous guests. We had Logan Yuri on the pod a while Mm -hmm. back who says, fuck the spark. Like the spark is anxiety. And if you're always feeling activated like that. Yep. Totally agree. Like we had, I think it was like exciting and I like was always looking forward to seeing him and I enjoyed him. I thought we enjoyed each other. Like, you know, again, things just kind of flowed naturally with the relationship. Like it was not ever forced. I never felt like we had to like, I don't know what the word is, but it's never like a, what are we type of thing? Like, I think we had yeah. that talk eventually because, you know, eventually it was kind of like, all right, well, what are we doing here? But like, I wasn't, I was not afraid of him saying no, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, I was no, pretty totally confident <laughs> in, yeah. you know, and that is what happened. So, you and know, this was like the end of 2019 timing wise, right? No, this was uh, May 2019 we met. So oh, May 2019. Okay. So yeah, we did it almost two years. Yeah, sorry, I forgot to mention. So we did it almost two years. We lived together during the pandemic. Eight months he had moved in of June 2020. So yeah, I had moved back to my apartment here in Williamsburg that I own. I had moved out for a little bit um, and I moved back right before the pandemic. And you know, I work in the hospitality industry, so I lost all my clients within one week. It was a very bad oh. year. Yeah, I lost my uncle to COVID a month later right before my it birthday. It sounded like that was just a really brutal year overall. And yes. yeah, I was thinking about how also a friend just said to me the other day that like when it comes to stress, like one plus one doesn't equal two, it sometimes equals four. And so I have a feeling by the time you like reach the situation with going with the way you wrote on the blog, we'll call him Steve. Steve by yep, the time you reach say. this experience with Steve, you were probably like, fuck this. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, you've got to be kidding me. The universe, I was just like, it was looking down on me and they were like, you know what? She's not done yet. So here you go. (laughs) (laughs) Take that. uh, See how it goes. Uh, Yeah. So basically 
horrible year um, as my precious Bobo died in the, around Thanksgiving last year. And then we went, uh, so we went away for New Year's. I'll say that much. I'll skip around here. But basically overarching theme of the relationship is that I always thought we had a very good relationship, um, not like a lot of, you know, fighting. Like we had some fights like normal people do, but it was yeah. like not like toxic. There was not that intensity up and down craziness that I loved in my 20s, yada, yada. Fast forward to- yeah, God, right. I know. Seriously. Mm. Oh, toxic sociopath. Sign me up. Yes. Um, <laughs> but New Year's Eve, we went away. I, you know, I thought we had a great time. I thought things were going well. Came back and uh, a week after New Year's Eve, when we came back. He was acting really weird that whole week, just like very anxiety ridden, very saying weird things. And kind of he, he said like one thing about how he was like, uh, I don't want to leave you alone. He let something like that slip at one point when we were talking, yeah. like, because I asked him what was going on and he said something to the effect of, I don't want to leave you alone. You've had such a bad year. And I was like, wait, what do you mean? You don't want to leave me alone? Wait, wait. Yeah. I was like, you want to end things? And he was just like, no, I don't No, I don't. Blah. And I was just like, what is going on? And he was like, I just have to talk to my therapist. <sighs> Very dramatic. And I was like, okay, Did not he- great. Yeah. I have a question for you. Did you think sure. at any point that he was referencing like self-harm? Like that, the vague language he used was like very interesting there. It was very weird language. And like I said, I want to be respectful of his situation. So I for will sure. say that I don't know much of what he spoke about in therapy, but I do know that he did sound not well. I'll just put it that way. Like I, I'm someone who has dealt with depression in the past, um, severe and anxiety and just like those kinds of bad thoughts coming into your head. And he reminded me a little of myself when I was in that place, when I was just very depressed, feeling Mm -hmm. hopeless. And he did remind me of that. And I, and I remember texting my best friend the next day and I said, I'm worried about him, but not once did I ever think I'm worried about us. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just said, I'm worried about him. He doesn't sound okay. Something's up. I don't know. And she was just like, well, you know, just talk to him about it. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, totally. Yeah. And then, you know, next day he goes out with his friends. He's seems fine. He's texting me, like being sweet, sending the little kissy emojis and shit. And then comes home. We, you know, fell asleep, totally fine, nothing, whatever. Wake, I hear him stirring at like six o'clock in the morning the next day. And he just comes, goes to the bathroom, comes. And I remember thinking to myself when he went to the bathroom, I remember thinking, oh my God, I feel so bad for him. He can't sleep. He's like, got anxiety. He's depressed. I don't know. Comes back and he's like, I have to break up with you. And I was just like, what? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yes, he did hint at like when the two days before when he said, I don't want to leave you alone. I, you know, but again, I thought I spoke to him about it. I thought we kind of cleared the whole, like, it's not you thing. Cause I said, you, you want to leave me? And he was like, no, no, I don't. No, I don't. And then, yeah, it just, it just happened. And there was no, I mean, I have never been so convinced that someone like didn't want to be with me. I'll say it that way, but I tried to convince him to just take a fucking minute and go to his parents and I'll give you space. Like I was begging him basically. And he was just like, he just changed. Like, I mean, his, the energy was so distant and so removed and so cold. Like it felt like a different person. And he was like, Oh, okay. You know, like I'll go to my parents, but I really think this is the right decision. I'm so sorry. I never meant to hurt you, blah, blah. And instead of going home to like, think about it, I went to my mom's and I was in a ball on the floor crying. And he went back to his parents to get his parents to come back here and start moving his shit out without even telling me. So that part it really stabbed me in the heart though. Like that, like you came back and his shit was gone. Well, so 
a little differently, or, but yes, but, but basically yes, because that's kind of what happened. But I knew about it before I came back here. Thank God, because my dad, <laughs> my dad called him the same day that it happened. It was a Friday. I remember very specifically, my dad called him and in his little Romanian accent was like, it sounds like you're having a nervous breakdown. <laughs> he was like, you cannot do this. You have to talk to her. You sound like you're going crazy. And I was like, thank you, dad. I'm sure that helped the situation, but <laughs> it did help a little because <laughs> he did reach out to me and he was like, we should talk. And I was like, yeah, no shit. We should talk. I didn't say that, but I was just like, yeah, yeah. And he's, and I said, well, let's meet at the apartment. Cause I thought, you know, we were still going to live together while we're figuring this out, whatever, if it's really over. And he was like, no, I was just there. And it was, you know, moving some of my stuff out and it was really sad. And I was like, wait, uh, what? I was like, so this is really it for you? Like, yeah, that's how I knew. So when I came back, there was stuff not here that, you know, should have been, and it was devastating, but not as Also, bad, I'm I sorry it was sad for you to be there. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> right? <laughs> Seriously. Woo-hoo, it was yes. sad for you to be in the apartment. That Exactly, yeah. Um, but yeah, so... You know, long story short is that we did meet up the next day. Uh, I convinced him after much convincing, mind you, he did not want to even have this conversation, but like I convinced him and I guess my dad did to some degree to come here and have the conversation and we did, but like he was still just all over the place and, you know, his answers didn't really make any sense to me. I mean, it was like, I feel like we're not right for each other long-term. And I asked why, and he said he didn't know. It was just a feeling. He said things like, um, we're too similar, but we don't have chemistry. And I was just like, if we didn't have chemistry, we wouldn't have made it past date three. I know chemistry, you know what I mean? Like, what? Yeah, chem that feels like a weird. That's a weird thing. And then the scuba diving comment was what probably <laughs> sent me over the edge for yeah. those listening. I, mean, I, I, I want to talk about sort of like how when yeah. things when things are on the down path like i it, i relate to the uh, a straw breaking the camel's back yeah like i i know what that's like like my ex accused right. me of breaking up with him because he drove over a nail and got a flat tire and i'm like no that's like really missing the point that was just something <laughs> that happened and so yeah. like it, it's interesting how like they they can like fixate on this one moment where it's like yes. it's like oh no that was not that yeah. anyway yeah like he like that. So that was like, he used it as like an overarching theme, I guess, because he used the trip that we went to Key West. He used that as like one of the the straws, I guess, that broke the camel's back. He was yeah. like, we weren't enjoying each other. And I was like, I, I guess you weren't because I thought we were having a great time. And then he brought up the scuba diving and said how I don't like scuba diving. And uh, he wished that I would have been on that boat with him scuba diving. And I was like, I literally looked around for a camera and I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. This is the reason. But I knew obviously that's not the reason, but the fact that he was using that just to me was like, you know, he was clear. He said he was not happy when he moved in here that he felt that it was too fast. Um, you know, we had been dating over a year by that point. Um, I'm 37. So he was, I was 36 and he was 35 or whatever. When we moved in together, I feel like maybe you could say that's fast if you're in your twenties, maybe, but dating over a year and then, moving in to me is not fast, but he never expressed that to me, you know? So I had asked, you know, I thought everything was going, I thought we were on the same page. Like he said that he had reservations about moving in together and I did too, because I've never lived with anyone before, but I thought that we were great together and said, you know, I think like, why not try it? Blah, blah. And he was just like, okay. And then never brought it up again. So it's like, 
Yeah, that was a question that I had when when he mentioned that. And Mm -hmm. we got some questions from the listeners about, you know, in hindsight, were there signs you wish you'd seen? And like, you know, in those conversations, you know, when he brought up, Mm -hmm. well, I think it was too fast that moved in together. When you look back on the conversations that you had leading Mm -hmm. up to moving in together, are there things that you now kind of notice or wish you'd noticed or not really? Honestly, no, unless I'm, you know, I'm like, memory is a weird thing, but unless I'm not remembering something that he does, like, no, because like I said, I remember specifically, we had a conversation about it, like more than one, but we had a few. And one of which I think before it happened was like at dinner and I asked him and he said he had reservations about it. And I was just like, well, yeah, I do too. And I was like, why? And he was like, I don't know. You know, I've never lived with anybody before and you know, uh, blah, blah. And I was basically along lines of just not knowing if it's going to work out. And I was like, well, yeah, neither do I like that's life. Like, I don't know either. I've never lived with anyone either. And fun fact, I've never even had a roommate. I'm like probably the only New Yorker in the world who's never even had a roommate. So talk about Yeah. So talk about being in a place where you're like, I don't know if I can live with anybody. I was worried about it too, but I- I'm the same actually. I haven't had a roommate since sophomore year of college. Wow. See? Yeah. Like it's- I like being alone. Like I like my space and my privacy. And like, so I was just as like worried because I thought the same in a way it could have been like, we were so great together, at least. So I thought, what if this ruins it? You know what I mean? Yeah. But it didn't stop me from wanting to do it. I was like, I'm an, ad- an adult and I love this person and I think we're great together. So why not give it a shot? You know what I mean? And then that was probably more or less what I said to him. And he was just like, yeah, you're right. Okay. And then he never brought it up again. So right. yeah, unless I'm missing something, you know, there's nothing that, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. I've actually never lived, I've had roommates, but I've never lived with a partner before, yeah. except for temporarily when a boyfriend of mine was like in between leases and moved in with me and my roommate oh, okay. actually. Oh, wow. Um, That's a which, tough one. It went, it went well, actually. He yeah. lived with us for like three months. She was pumped because he was splitting the rent like oh, yeah. thirds. Right. So everybody really liked well. it. But so, but I've never, so because of that, I've never had that conversation of right. like, what might that look like? But Rourke, you dealt with that with PowerPoint, right? Yeah. So we were going to move in together. He bought a home and mm-hmm. um, I was going to move into it. We sort of like couldn't really we never really agreed on like what that date was we both had like reasons for pushing it off um Mm -hmm. i was very concerned about like my commute and what life would look like there it's like in a very out of the way area in la and um i was having some like anxiety about that and i think he was he is a commitment phobe and so was having anxiety about that and it was getting towards the time where we had said we wanted to start the move we wanted to Mm -hmm. do it like in the new year of what would that have been i guess 29 was it 20 yeah it must have been 2019 Mm -hmm. and um i was like holy shit i can't do this and so that was like part of why the breakup between he and i happened but yeah right but see but that's and that's yeah exactly like i feel like somebody usually has those feelings and expresses them or acts out maybe in another way, you know, and there was never anything like that, you know? Yeah. That's the part that I think like feels different for me work when I hear kind of like your story of like that, like got your wheels turning uh, or I think your wheels were already turning, but like it was a, it precipitated, right. You know, and you like, didn't do it because you're like, well, this doesn't feel right to me. And you know, does this whole thing feel right to me? Right. Um, 
you know, you, you have a very high level of self-awareness, which. Yeah. I mean, I think that like what I was thinking about is like what would, what I think would, and obviously I was not there. I have no idea like what the sort of day-to-day inner workings of your relationship was. What it, What stuck out to me was he seemed to have this attitude of just like going along potentially. Mm-hmm. And so I was worried that I was like, is he ever like the engine behind things? Like, was he sort of like driving things forward in your relationship or did you feel like you were doing that for the most part? Yeah, that I, I've thought about that a bit too. And yeah, for the most part, I would say it was me, but like, he was never like, not not doing anything and also he wasn't like somebody who didn't give a shit and like didn't do thoughtful things like he did thoughtful things he i mean we'll get to this probably but he bought me a peloton i was about to say he bought you a peloton, he bought me a peloton <laughs> yeah. for christmas last year but like he was yes definitely not like a. I mean i've experienced this a lot in my relationships but not so much of a planner you know when it came to like doing dinners and stuff i was the one who usually like did them but like i do remember um having to have a talk with him about that because I always felt like I was planning the dinners, but he would, he would still ask to see me, you know what I mean? So it was like that before we lived together anyway, like that was how I felt like it was probably the right person because he seemed to always still want to make plans, you know what I mean? And would ask. So it was like, I might've been making a lot of the dinner reservations, but like he was still asking to see me or would still like want to do stuff together. So it's just, yeah, but he did, that that thought obviously did cross my mind at you know a few months after being like maybe he just was really that afraid to you know speak up and say that he had you know crazy anxiety over it and just went along with it but i don't know it's just it was always and it's still weird to me that i never felt like there were any moments where he was maybe acting out cuz i feel like that would be what I would do and what other people would do kind of is if you're suppressing it for that long. But like, I don't know. Yeah. I think what's also hard is it's not your job to be like detective Dara. Like you don't need to (laughs) overanalyze every single response he gives you. Like, do you mean it? Do you mean it? Do you really mean it? Like, that's crazy. Yeah. And I didn't want to be one of the, and also like, again, I never felt the need to, but like there were obviously times where I thought, you know, he felt a little off one day here and there, but like, and I would always ask him, you know, I'll do, I'll take the temperature check every now and then, but like, he was always just like, oh, it's COVID and, or like, oh, it's just work or, you know, I thought that I did enough in terms of like checking in and seeing how he was doing, but he never once expressed that I was the reason for any of his unhappiness. I'll say that because I flat out asked him when, you know, again, I'm not going to say why, but he started going to therapy and I don't even really know why he started going, but I asked if it was because of me and he said no. Like he sort firmly said no and I guess lied to my face about it because clearly I was disgusted uh, because, you know, he told me that his therapist agreed with his decision. And I was like, well, <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. I was like, this, they're on board. I was like, this person clearly does not have all the information because I can't imagine that a medical professional would advise one human to treat another human that way, honestly, if he did have all the information. So something must have been a little fishy there, but yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I think it resonates with me what you said, Rourke, about like trying to be a detective. Yeah. Yeah. Of like, at what point do you just have to trust that the other person is giving you all the information that you need? Yeah. Yeah. And like, 
I mean, I think you you have to just trust that immediately. There's, I don't even think there's a, a point. It's like if right. you don't trust that, you're probably not with the right person. And that's and that's exactly how I felt because I was like, yeah, sure, we had some fights, and maybe like one or two of them I can call out in my brain as being like bad fights, but in in my world, nothing compared to the shit I've dealt with in the past. Like to me, these were like arguments, <laughs> not even yeah. fights. disagreements. Like, things like that. So I always felt like if we did have conflict, I thought that we talked about it. I thought we talked it out. I always thought that I left feeling resolved and he did too. And that's why it was also very shocking to me because yeah, looking back, it's like, well, he must've felt very differently about those fights and he must've still sat with a lot of that and just, I guess, didn't express it to me. I mean, that's the only thing I can assume i don't know for a fact but that's the only thing i can assume yeah 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 i had similar feelings so the listeners have heard a lot about my relationship with a guy we call asv okay um and that stands for the aspiring sober vegan (laughs) sounds Um, like one guy just kidding (laughs) oh yeah um the reason we call him the aspiring sober vegan is because when he broke up with me out of nowhere the reasons that he gave I can't even say it with a straight face. The reason that he gave initially until I like pressed him further on it was that he wanted to be sober and vegan and move to Ohio so that he could give 50% of his income to charity. And he just didn't think that I was in line with that lifestyle. (laughs) Okay. First of all, I think I vaguely remember hearing about this now. (laughs) The charity and Ohio piece is standing out. And I was like, well, that is, that is special. (laughs) Fucking nuts. Oh my God. Mind you, this man was neither sober nor vegan at the time <laughs> and he did and he did not and still has not moved to ohio so oh like God. yeah and he's not any he, i think he might actually be sober now i have we have a mutual friend so i'm able to keep tabs on him a little bit but right. he's certainly not vegan oh my um so yeah. it, anyway so yeah. like and he broke up with me seven days after we had this like amazing interaction about what we were going to do on our year anniversary six months into the future oh my like he God. was like talking about it wow. we were like pretty much at six months of dating and um he was talking about what are we going to do for our year like we were joking about the gifts we were going to give each other and he oh, was wow. like There's six months to go babe like yeah blah 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 oh seven days God. later boom wow yeah see like that's i mean that, that's what i mean i'm like this stuff like i know it happens and like it's always shitty what it does and you can kind of not see it coming because i feel like just some people do that they like imagine and idealize relationships and they'll tell you what they want to tell you in the moment that they don't actually mean. And then it's just like, Oh, they're done. You know? Well, I also think it's like you were saying about somebody not expressing how they're really feeling. Yeah, exactly. He told me, and this was after some pressing after Mm -hmm. the aspiring vegan thing. And I was like, (laughs) dude, like that's not the reason we're going to have a conversation about this. Right. He told me that basically it was because he felt like, our attachment styles were too incompatible where like I have a fairly anxious attachment style and he is extremely avoidant Avoidant, Yep. and that no interest in working on that also, which is like more of the bigger problem. But it turns out that throughout all of the disagreements that we were having, where Mm -hmm. I ended up feeling like very resolved and secure in my attachment, Mm -hmm. he was growing increasingly avoidant. Well, but not saying anything. Right. And that, that sounds like 
it could have been one of the things that was happening here because that's the only thing that I could have uh, imagined because I know all about the attachment theories. And I remember thinking when we were dating that he was more of a secure type, like a little avoidant. Yeah. But then when this happened, it was like a Jekyll and Hyde situation and it was so avoidant. It was crazy, but I never really saw the avoidant tendencies, at least not to the extreme that I saw them once the breakup happened, if that makes sense, you know? So if he was, he did a pretty good job of hiding it. Like, again, you know, my family too, they were devastated. Like no one, my friends, like no one saw this coming. They were like, he always seemed really happy and you guys seemed happy. And like, did he ever, you know, seem unhappy? And I was just like, I mean, no, like that's the thing overall seemed fine to me, but he was clearly not being honest with me about his real feelings. But yeah. 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 I mean, I think I I've said to Allie, like, I, I feel like that tick that, that TikTok sound where it's like, am I the villain? Am I yes. the um, am I the drama? I think that's yeah. It. Am I the drama? Um, yeah. So, because I I believe that two of my exes could write a story like this about me, and I believe that it show for the on their end willful blindness, mm-hmm. where like I was constantly saying that like this isn't working and right. like I am unhappy. And Mm -hmm. this needs – like, something in our relationship needs to change. And, like, that was being ignored, which is a very different conversation than ones you were having, it sounds like. Um, But – Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, like, for example, (laughs) like, I I try to resolve a lot of things internally without bringing them to other people in my life in general. And Mm -hmm. so I know that I was doing a lot of kind of relationship fighting work on my own – that mm-hmm. even uh, – and in retrospect, like, I, these were the wrong people. So I don't think if I had brought them in, it would have worked. I don't know that that was the solution. But I think that, like, for – I'm thinking how, like, PowerPoint actually gave me this example where he sent me a screenshot of, like, a very loving text that I had sent him, like, maybe 48 hours before I ended it. And he was like, how did you go from this to this? Wow. Yeah. I and actually I know like, what well, that feels like. It fucking happens, bro. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Well, see, that, so that's a very interesting point because, um, damn, I, interesting point, and it just went right out of my head. Oh, internalizing. That was what it was. So yeah. that is most likely how he felt because I remember when uh, he broke up with me and after like the little bit of dialogue that he gave which was you know the overarching things that i the theme and like the things i took away were that he said he wasn't ready to move in when we did and he just wasn't happy for some reason couldn't really tell me why but then the the clincher was that he just thinks there's something better out there and that was when i was like okay well you can fucking leave now like i literally said that but when i read that part of your story i oh yeah and that was that was the worst for me i i felt like someone had just just stabbed me and like push me off my balcony. I was so like angry and like sad at the same time. Like I just couldn't believe it. But like what's the fucking point of saying that? Yeah. You don't say that. I don't care if that's the point. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just gonna say I don't care if you think it because obviously that's a driving force behind most breakups, but you don't fucking say that. (laughs) I was I was about to say I I don't think there's a single breakup out there. That's not true. But the vast majority of breakups out there are happening because the person thinks that they're gonna be with someone better for them. But you like, don't <laughs> you don't fucking say that unless yeah. you are saying it so that the other person 
will then be like, oh. Yeah. Well, PowerPoint directly asked me. Yeah. Yeah. Where there there was like this very – there was this like very sweet moment in our relationship that happened while we were um, in Nashville for something. And he asked me and like, where we like kind of like, like acknowledged like the depth of our feeling. It was like very sweet. And Mm -hmm. um, he directly asked me, do you really think you'll be happier than like that night at that restaurant when we like had that conversation? Like, do you really foresee like finding somebody who will make you happier than that? And I said, I have to believe that. Oh, wow. And, and so like, I mean, I'm not gonna lie to him on the. On I mean, the at least that's yeah. That. I mean, look, it's like on the one hand, I respect the honesty, but on the other hand, it's like he Ooh. wasn't being honest about anything else. It seemed because, like, and again, also, did I, you you didn't yeah. ask for that no. level, did you? Yeah, no. Mm-mm. I was convinced that there was just somebody else. Like that's what I was convinced that it had to have been something like that. Even though you know, physically, I would not have. I don't think he would have had any ability to because it was like lockdown basically. But I assumed it was like an emotional thing happening with somebody. I don't know. But it was. But what you said about um, internalizing because I remember that the next like couple days after I had just like you know taken a day or whatever two to myself, I did send him one of those like long emails that people advise you to not send, but. Honestly, I stand by everything I said in that email. I wasn't mean. I wasn't nasty. I was just like, these are the things that have happened and I need to get it off my chest and tell you that this was your fucking fault. Cause he kept saying like, I'm sorry, this had to happen. I'm like, this didn't have to happen. It did, yeah. You could have done a lot actually to avoid this. You could have done a lot more, <laughs> but he said something to the effect of, I have been fighting for this relationship for a long time. And I remember that specifically because I thought that was fucking bananas. Cause I was like, no, you, it takes two people to fight for a relationship, but I guess he was maybe internalizing it and fighting within himself, I guess. Yeah. But and you just didn't know it was happening. Exactly. So yeah, that, that part I do remember. And I remember just being so blown away by it because yeah, I always felt that I created a safe space for him to talk to me about anything. I am a very understanding and like empathetic person. Like he always like, I don't know. He always felt like he came to me when he was like down or, you know, feeling anxious about stuff and we would talk things out. And then, yeah, to have to hear that he was internalizing all this and like struggling in a way with this pain. Like now that I've had distance from it, it, I almost feel bad for him. Like not really, but a little bit, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's just, it's, yeah, it's, it was wild. I mean, yeah, it's awful. Yeah. Yeah. But I felt that for exes like ASD, for example, of like, I feel bad that you don't have the coping skills or the communication skills yes. to do better than what you did. Yeah, like, absolutely. I still think what you did was fucked. Yep. But like, it is a product of the coping strategies that you've developed. And it, yeah. I'm sad for you that that's where you're at. Right. Oh, for sure. That's, I agree completely. And that was like, one of the things too, that I know, like I have, extensive amounts of experience with uh, therapy because I, so for the people who don't know this about me, but like I got hit by a car when I was 17 and I was a dancer and I almost lost my leg from the knee down and it was horribly traumatic obviously and ruined any shot I had at a dancing career. And I was put into therapy at a very young age and I stuck with it because I really liked it. And and I, I needed it. I had very bad, like PTSD, you know, I couldn't like for a while drive yeah. a car. I couldn't even cross the street. I mean, I had a lot of oh my issues. Gosh. You know? So, you know, I feel like I had a lot of therapy, like therapy and experience with like 
kind of just being self-aware of like when you feel anxious and when you feel sad and when you feel angry, like I'm able to identify my emotions and then also express them now, at least in a healthy way. I used to not when I was younger. Sort of like, I think the next sort of evolutionary step of this is, you know, you're now what, 10 months out? No, it's almost out? a year. The, oh shit. It was, uh, you know, January 8th was when it happened. So yeah. Yeah. Almost oh, I think I'm thinking about when you wrote the blog post, not, oh, that's, oh, not where, yeah, yeah. that's not where we are now. <laughs> yes. Sorry. That was like 10 months. Yeah. Yeah. So months that's ago. just in my head. But yeah. yeah. So like, what, what do you think as you, as you kind of like are, have been moving forward with it? Like, mm -hmm. what is that primary thing that you're thinking about as you're trying to process and, and move forward? Yeah, well, I mean, it's, I guess it's like twofold, because I will say that I started feeling just significantly better and different about this probably six or seven months after it happened. So like, I'm not saying I was miserable all through January through June and July. Yeah. That would have been insane. But no, but I was really like, just still in such a negative, angry place about it during those months yeah. that I think I don't know exactly what the reasoning was, but I think I really just kind of was like, kind of sick of just thinking about it so much and just like letting it, you know, consume a lot of my thoughts. And like, I just kind of felt, and I just realized that I was doing well in so many other areas of my life, like my business, my friends, like things were just kind of going well. And like, I was like, I don't want this to be such a hindrance to my happiness anymore. You know, like, yeah. so it was just like, I'm not going to say it's like, oh, one day you're just going to wake up and feel better, but it's just like a compounded, you know, amount of things together and like the time and it just, it felt different at, at some point, you know? Um, and then the writing of the blog post was partially closure that I felt I was never going to get. Um, I still don't know if I'm going to get it, but I will say that I literally spoke to him yesterday. <laughs> breaking uh, yeah. news. Yeah, yeah, this is huge. Yeah, breaking that news. Um, I will. <laughs> I reached out on Christmas Eve simply because I was really like, I'm so, I need to be done with this energy. And like, again, not that it had still been bothering me so much, but I was like, it's going to be a new year. I'm like, let me just because yeah, I have some of his stuff lying around in my apartment that he forgot when he moved out. And because Throw it away. Like, I, well, so that's the thing. <laughs> I threw some of it away because I was like angry when I found the first half of stuff. But then when I found the second half of stuff, I was in a much better place. So I, it's weird how I processed it. When I found the, uh, the stuff in the beginning, when I was angry, I threw that shit in the fucking trash. And then now when I found this stuff a couple months ago, I almost felt sad. And I remember some of those things being sentimental to him. And I was like, maybe I should hang on to this. Maybe I'll give it to him. Did not really care. It like, didn't affect me. It didn't make me like sad, anything like not, not myself sad. I felt a little bad yeah. for him, but I'm saying for it didn't him. make me sad. It didn't make me cry. And so I reached out on Christmas Eve and I was just like, you know what? Like, uh, please don't block me. Cause he blocked me everywhere. I should point that out. Um, <sighs> for no reason, mind you, I was not like, being the crazy ex-girlfriend, you know, uh, calling and texting nonstop. He just wrote me a novel and blocked me. So anyway, <laughs> um, he, I reached out on WhatsApp because I was like, let me try WhatsApp. Maybe that's a better approach because I had emailed him back in July, sorry, June, um, and he never replied to it. And it was, again, a nice email trying to extend an olive branch and he had ignored it. So I thought, you know, he clearly just doesn't want to talk to me. He's just going to ignore me for the rest of his life. So fine. Like that was kind of, I think when I started feeling better about it, 
I'm sorry, I forgot to mention that before. Um, and then, so anyway, I reached out uh, yesterday uh, on WhatsApp or on Christmas Eve, sorry, and just said like, I have some of your stuff. Um, if you want it, let me know. If not, I'll throw it out. Um, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Hope you're doing well, like very nice. And then he replied like almost right away. And I was just oh. like, wait, what? <laughs> and it was very nice, but it was not like, um, I don't know how to say it. It was not like emotional in any way. Like there was no like, he just that was one thing that changed like I said completely after the breakup with us was like there was no real like emotion or any feelings towards me if that makes sense like I never yeah, got a yeah it does because I've so I've been told that I was told I've been told in my breakups that I was an HR manager yeah like that <laughs> do you oh my god do you know do you use the two spaces after the period also like in your sentences well so I don't in text in does. legal writing, you have to. So I actually so, do it yeah. all the time in legal writing, so, but not in personal writing. <laughs> oh, well, so he became uh, like, I'm not going to say what his job is, but let's just say it has similar things to do with that. So he writes that way for work. And when he was breaking up with me, he shifted into like that guy. There was two spaces after every period. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, this was, uh, there's nothing really revolutionary here to share. I will just say that it was a nice exchange, but I, and he said he would be open to discussing in the future and meeting and talking about stuff, but he doesn't even live here anymore. He moved oh. um, to Chicago. So yeah, he's like, but he said he's here often. So he would be willing to meet with me again. But he also said this when we first broke up and I obviously never got that. So I'm not even like hanging on to that at this point. Like, it's almost like I don't need it. If it comes, I'm like, great, but I don't need it anymore. If that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, yeah. I'm fine now, but like, it's, it would be nice because I think that everyone deserves that conversation. But yeah, um, sorry that I didn't mention that before. I probably should have. <laughs> no, 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 that's I fine. Think, yeah, or that's actually it brings up an interesting yeah. question, though, which we're going to. So we actually forgot to know this at the top, but this is part one of our three part breakup series. Ah, yes. And in episode two, which work and I are going to do um, next week, we're going to talk about like being the breaker uppers and like mm -hmm. times that we've done that. I'm curious to hear your thoughts, Sarah, of like, what do you think someone deserves mm. in a breakup? I just think someone deserves honesty and communication. That's, that's really what I think. So, and like kindness. I mean, like, cause I think that you can be honest with somebody and they can, and I'm also guilty of this. They can take your honesty and not really understand it or process it. Because when you're feeling a certain type of way, emotions are running high, you might not be actually processing it. But so then- mm -hmm after the fact, like in my case, which is I took what he was saying to me when he was here that one time and I never saw him again. But when he told me those things, yes, I took them in and I processed them, but like there were still so many questions that I had and I still have like, and now I'm like, maybe I'll get to ask them. Maybe I won't. But I just wished that there was a little bit more kindness from him that like, he could have just given me that conversation, even if he needed, cause you know, he was like, I need time to heal. I'm like, okay, you do. Sure. But like, if he had come back, you know, a few months later or a couple weeks, maybe something in a reasonable amount of time in my, in my like feelings about it, that's the kindness that I would have appreciated. Just like, you may not understand yeah. why I need to hear, ask these things, but I, I do. And I feel like it might help me. So be kind and like respect that because I'm trying to respect you and give you the time and space you claim you need to heal. So why wouldn't you do the same for me? You know, that's kind of what I feel. Yeah. yeah I mean, I don't think that like, 
I don't think the classmate handled our breakup super well, frankly. Yeah. Um, he texted Maybe me not. that he was out having drinks with a friend and oh, no. could he come by later? And I, I, I felt something was up. So I said, yeah, everything. Okay. And he said, yeah, see you soon. Smiley face. And I was like, fucking lie. Mm-hmm. Okay. So mm-hmm. abject lie. Smiley face. I'm yep. sorry. I got the same thing the night before, so right. I get it. <laughs> so abject lie. He comes yep. over, tells tells me the reason. And I, so also he said, you know, see you soon, smiley face. I also let me like stew for about an hour, I would say, until he came mm. over, which I think is like crappy, especially with yeah. everything okay question mark is like he knows I'm on alert. Right. Frankly. <laughs> yeah, same. And so, like, that was annoying. And then I I would say our breakup conversation lasted 10 minutes, if that, Mm -hmm. where he said his reason. And I said, okay, then if you don't want to be in this relationship, then please, like, there's the door. And he left. And we have not spoken since. Um, I had some expensive skincare at his apartment. So I asked him to leave that on my door, which he did. (laughs) And I did not text a thank you. And because he did not text me that he dropped it off it just appeared on my door which is fine so no oh, need to... interesting i didn't know that interesting. yeah so fine no need to exchange yeah. niceties there and yeah. so like he did give me a reason he mm-hmm. and it for I, i've said it on the podcast neither it's neither here nor there at this point but my real my reality is like that could be true or false right mm-hmm. like it, it's a reason that I can't argue with and it's technically a non-hurtful reason. And so like, I think that a lot of this has been me thinking about how like I need to look back. I want it. Like I've thought a lot about my own actions during the relationship. Mm -hmm. Would I change anything? If so, where? And beyond that, there is nothing else I can do. All I can do is think about how, like, here are the things I liked, here are the things I didn't like and about him, about myself, and what do I apply moving forward? And so I've tried to, and like, you know, I've kind of internally written some things that I would like to say, but then I also kind of, I play out the next step of like, what am I expecting to get? And Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't think I'm going to get what I want ever. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting because I have thought the same things like when I was going through mine, like, but to me, I was like, there are things that I still want to know the answers to because it's not so much like, cause like you said, when, when I heard him say like, I think there's something better and like, he just left and was clearly okay with the way that he handled this. I mean, not okay. Like I know it was hard for him too, but like, being like that he still did it still knew I wanted to have a conversation and never gave it to me that whole thing I was like that's not somebody that I'm not trying to convince somebody of my worth like I if you think yeah, there's something absolutely. better out there go find it you know what I mean like that's how I felt I was like and I thought the same thing when I started to look internally I was like are there things about me that I'm willing to change if this person or anyone were to come to me and say I don't like xyz about you there are probably only a handful at this point of things that I would actually be willing to change about myself and I'm not saying that as like a conceited person I'm just saying that I I like who I am like there are things that I could probably work on as everybody has things but like if he were to give me a list of the reasons why he doesn't want to be with me I think it would have helped like to some degree of giving me like understanding around it, but it wouldn't have changed anything. And that's number one. And like, 
would it have maybe hurt to hear? Yeah, probably. But I'm a little bit of a masochist, so it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm just like that person. I'm like, I'm the type that like, I need to like hit rock bottom before I can bounce back up. That's just kind of like the way I operate. But yeah, like sometimes I don't think that the reasons need to be like that detailed, but I still, in my mind, it's more that I wanted to clarify the things during the relationship that I maybe missed because that's the part that bugs me. Not so much of like, why don't you like me? Give me a list. It was more like, what did I miss here? Cause that's the part that I still have trouble with. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that that brings us to, I think to a, a good like last topic here mm-hmm. is that that going forward, like as you're thinking about your next relationship or, you know, other people that you're going to date mm-hmm. back to what we were saying earlier about trusting what someone is telling you. And not always being on high alert, being that detective, Mm -hmm. like, how are you thinking about that? And, you know, what that's going to look like? Yeah, so I think about that a lot. And uh, I kind of just feel like you have to look at everybody individually. You have to really try hard not to project your past onto other people. That's number one. Um, But I also think that, and this may sound a little, I don't know if morbid is the word, but I'm just kind of like, you know what, after this and after everything else I've been through, I don't think there's much worse that could happen. So I think I can handle everything. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I mean, but it's true. Like, I think that that's actually one thing I will say this breakup did teach me because I, and this is going to sound very I don't know, something maybe pathetic when I say it out loud. But when I was with him, I really thought that this was my person. So I was so thankful for him. And I thought that like, he was my person, my guy. And like, I was so afraid to lose him. Like, I'll be honest, I was very afraid to lose him because I thought that he was just like, so great for me. And then when I lost him, I mean, it really felt like he died. Like he disappeared. So like, I I felt insane for months. Like I would wake up and his stuff wasn't there. And I mean, I really like struggled with that breakup. And I think now it's kind of like if I were to meet somebody that I felt similarly about and like, or even better, like whatever, I think I wouldn't be as afraid to lose them anymore. And I'm not, I want to make a blanket statement that I, I don't think that mentality affected how I treated him in any way. Like I wasn't codependent or anything like that, but like I do think that that um, mentality made the breakup a lot harder for me. So I think that just like Mm -hmm. the next time around, I won't be really that as afraid, if that makes sense. And I, Mm -hmm. because I know that I can handle it and I know that I will bounce back and I'll be better than I was before. So that's kind of how I'm approaching it. I'm just like, judge each person as they present themselves to you. And that's really all that you can do. Because if you try to be a detective, you're going to make yourself insane. And no one wants to live like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. And you're, and we're not going to be mind readers, no matter how good of detectives we think we are. Exactly. Like if someone's no. lying to you, or if somebody's not giving you the full story, like they're not going to yeah and like at the end of the day it's like these things do happen unfortunately where people are going to be dishonest and people could deceive you and like we we bounce back like you get over it eventually it sucks to have to go through it and no one should but like you will get through it eventually and hopefully you'll be a better person for it and you you know don't project that onto the next person i mean that's really all that you can do you know it happens like, and especially Instagram has taught me this, it happens so much more than we realize, unfortunately. 
Yeah. I mean, the number of people who wrote in that this has happened to them or, yeah. you know, something similar is yeah. you know, just speaks to that. But. Same. I was very like shocked by the response that I got by, from that. But in a way, it was nice knowing that I wasn't alone. I was like, it sucks that this happens a lot. But <laughs> apparently, I guess it's kind of common then. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, Dara, thank you so much for opening up and, and being here and, you know, just being so, so open and, yeah. and honest. It's so appreciated. Thank you. I hope I didn't overshare too much. Can I share one last thing that I feel? Is yeah, important? please do. Yes, please. <laughs> My one tip I will say is don't stalk them on social media, whatever you do. <laughs> Great tip. We actually, thank you for saying that because we got a couple questions of like, do you find yourself constantly checking? No. It sounds like you do a really good job of not. Because there's no good that's going to come of it. You're going to see shit yeah. that upsets you. Just why ruin your day? Just don't do it. <laughs> I am in the very fortunate position, as is work now, that my two most recent exes, neither ASB nor The Oyster have social media in any capacity. Yeah, it's so much better. Me meanwhile, on their end, their ex started a dating podcast and talks about them on the regular. Oh my so, God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is true. Oops. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Oh, it's so funny. But yeah, I just I just had to share that. I was like, if people can avoid it, I, I highly recommend Great avoiding that. <laughs> Hi, listeners. This is Allie from the future, kind of in the past. I never know what the time thing is, but I'm back with Dara. We ran out of time in our previous um, recording, and we really wanted to make sure that we got to all of the listener questions especially as it relates to like how you moved forward and you know all of that. Unfortunately, Rourke wasn't able to join us for this re-record. We will miss her dearly, but I'm excited to finish up our chat. Yes, me too. Hi guys again. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, you know, the listeners know who you are. They just listen to a lot. So let's uh let's just dive right in. I want to you know, we talked a lot about sort of the preamble and kind of, you know, things that you noticed going in and the things that you went through during. And I, I want to focus in this chat about what helped you move forward. And, you know, what do you think, is there one thing that you can really point to as the thing that helped you? Um, so I don't think there was one thing specifically. I think it was a lot of things combined, but yeah. I will say that the truth, like, time really does help. I hate to say that because it's just never helpful in the moment to hear that oh. time is going to heal. But like, it's like such it, a, I want to slap people when they say that to me in the moment. I know. Like, you're right though. You're right. It's yeah. true. It's true. It is true, but you never want to hear it in the moment. But um, it was a combination of things. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely like time distance and also just like finding the joy in like little things again. I think like for me, like, you know, diving into self-care was really important. And like, in my case too, education, like I love like reading books on this stuff and like listening to podcasts and like YouTube videos. Like I did a lot of that. Um, and like Amy Chan's uh, breakup bootcamp was one of the books that I read. I even took her breakup bootcamp in February because I was like, you know, still struggling and I got connected with her and she was awesome. And I took that and there were definitely a lot of exercises in there that like helped me move forward. Um, yeah. But you yeah, mentioned like, this. Oh, sorry. No, no. It's I good. was going to say that we mentioned this in the intro, but mm -hmm. um, we're talking to Amy in two weeks. Thank yeah. you for connecting us with her. Um, and yeah. we're so excited. I read her book when it first came out because yep. I'm like a dating book nerd <laughs> yeah. um, and it's amazing. So I, 
I'm yeah. excited to chat with her. But so yeah. that's it's interesting that that you that your self care was so much about learning, yes, and f- seeking out information. I feel like I'm very similar. So that and it's funny because I found that a lot of my friends are the opposite. Like I had actually a lot of friends go through breakups this year too, and like they were like more avoidant with it. Like, as I said, I was like, oh, if you want to read this book, like read this or watch this. And they were like, you know what? I really don't want to even deal. Like I want to avoid it. Like I don't, but I'm, yeah, I like to dive in and like read about it and like learn different things. Like I said, I think I, I don't know if I mentioned the first time around, but the book Attached, all about attachment theory, like yes. cannot recommend it enough. Like I love that book. So, it's so good. We yeah. did a two part series on attachment styles oh, and yeah. like talked a lot about that book. And I will yep. say that it is, is it is less helpful if you have an avoidant attachment style. Yes. Agree. I don't. <laughs> right. So, so for me, to- it was great. But I think, yeah. and I've heard this feedback from a lot of people that like, it doesn't touch on avoidance as much. Oh, see, well. Well, uh, like, yeah. oh, I think doesn't it doesn't, it doesn't them. touch on, yes. Like, sorry, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't give as many, I think, actionable yeah, growth that makes opportunities sense. for people who have avoidant attachment. <laughs> And that's because they avoid it. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's well, like it kind of makes sense. You know yeah. what's so interesting? When I was, and then we will get back to you and we will knock it off the rails. Um, <laughs> but what's really interesting is when I started doing dating coaching and posting this stuff and I was talking a lot about anxious attachment, mm-hmm. although there are very similar numbers of people who are anxious and avoidant based on like research, statistics, right. whatever, there are there is twice as met much content about anxious attachment as avoidant attachment yep. on the internet. Like if you look at the hashtags for anxious attachment versus avoidant attachment on TikTok, yep. twice as many videos. Oh, I can imagine that. But and like, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, it because like anxious people sense. are like, I'm anxious about this. I want to yeah. seek out advice, and avoidant people are like, fuck that. I don't want to talk. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, and that's like, and it's funny because I just like from my own experience, I am the type. I went from, I went through all the phases actually. When I was very young, like like teens into early 20s, I was avoidant. Then I was super anxious. And now I'm like secure huh. mostly with like a hint of anxious. Yeah. Yeah. Rourke so, likes yeah. to say that she's secure with avoidant rising. Yeah. <laughs> like the astrology. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so that. maybe you're secure with anxious rising. There you go. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, so you dove into sort of more information that you could find. What do you think? what came out of that? Like what, what was most helpful to you in that? Yeah. Um, there were a few things, but like just learning a little bit more about like things like attachment theory and just like processing how like I'm dealing with it versus how somebody like him who I discovered, I think now is more avoidant, but he did not present himself as such when we were in the relationship. But Mm -hmm. like, um, Actually, one of the things that helped me was, uh, and I highly recommend that show, uh, Modern Love on Amazon Prime. I'm not sure if you've watched it. I love that show. The doorman, the doorman vignette. I I love that. But which one, which one spoke to you? This was recent, actually. I watched it. It was in the second season. I wrote it down so I could tell it to you guys. But season two, episode seven, How Do You Remember Me? It was so eye-opening for me because it shows it's a gay couple, like two guys, and they show like it kind of bounces back and forth into how they perceived the relationship or whatever in the different views. And I was like, this is so interesting because this is kind of how I feel probably what happened is that I viewed the relationship so differently than what he did. And we don't ever think of it that way. You know, I've been thinking about it as like, it was so great. 
it was wonderful. And then it's like, he probably thought it was a fucking nightmare, which is why he ran. Like, I don't know, but that's, I I mean, yeah. He wouldn't have run from something he thought was wonderful, right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, so that was a very eye-opening episode. Highly recommend. (laughs) Yeah. It's interesting that you say that. We've talked a little bit about, and I know we mentioned my breakup with ASV in Mm -hmm. the previous spot. And so he was extremely avoidant. And I knew that and I had tried to talk to him about it and I had read the book attached. I knew a lot about my own attachment style, but I, in hindsight, the Mm -hmm. way that I approached it, it turns out when Mm -hmm. he broke up with me, he told me that like the way that I approached talking to him about his attachment style made him feel like it was never going to work. Interesting. Yeah. Because I mean, like see that. Yeah. When he broke up with me, he was like, well, I'm avoidant and you're anxious. Like you said, that's the worst. Interesting. I was like, oh, okay. oh, that's what you took away from what I said. I, I was just going to say that he's using that as an excuse as like why he, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, but it made me think yeah. about like, okay, the next time I try to talk to somebody about this, like, right. I, per, I, because perception is reality. Yeah. So like if he perceived from the way that I was saying it, that mm-hmm. like he had a problem. Right. Because he was avoidant. Yeah. And it was not a fixable thing regarding me and him. Like, right. that, that's not what I wanted him to hear. Yeah, exactly. But it's like you can't control how somebody perceives something. And that's at the end of the day, all you can do is control what you're feeling and what you're doing. So it's, yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. And I don't think, like, as I look back on it, I don't think that anything would have changed. Like, I don't think he and I were right for each other anyway. Right. right. So I think that like, I don't think that if I had framed it differently, we'd still be together. Yeah. That, that's something I always struggle with too. But it's like, in my case, I don't, I still don't really know how he perceived the, perceived it. I mean, like I said, he probably didn't perceive it well, but I, I don't know. I sometimes think like, had I done it differently, but it's also like a, coming back to like how to deal with the not having answers as to why yeah. it's the same thing, like obsessing over what you could have done is really not a helpful thought. So, you know. Right. But yeah. it sounds like your your work was more focused on, okay, here's maybe what happened. Right. Maybe. We don't yeah. know. But like what actions and insights can I take into the next thing based Correct. on what might have happened? Yes, exactly. Like, don't get me wrong. I obsessed for a long time. I think it's normal and it's of natural course. for people to obsess about it. But like after a while, it's like the silence, unfortunately, is a little bit your answer or a lot your answer. Um, this person, for whatever reason, you know, does not want to talk to you right now. Maybe they will eventually. And in my case, like, as I mentioned, you know, I reached out a few days ago and like he did respond and he did actually say, so follow up, he did say that he was afraid to reach out. I don't think that excuses the behavior, no. but you know, I can understand it's a reason. why. It's, a, it's reason. a reason, not an excuse. Yes, exactly. And like he has every right to feel that way because I was really emotional and angry when it first happened, but that's like, I think anybody would be. Duh. But um, yeah, it's just like trying to... I guess, like wrap your head around the why, like after a while is so exhausting. I had to move away from that and be like, what can I do to make myself feel happy? Like each day, even for a little bit, you know what I mean? So that was what I really tried to focus on. And in that time, you Mm -hmm. know, I know that you reached out to him, you know, a couple times, the like email, but when I've been through breakups, it's like a constant like urge. 
yeah. to reach out. How did you deal with that? And right. did you feel that, I guess, first question? Oh, yeah. I mean, first of all, I felt it all the time. <laughs> but like, in my case, he, you know, I think I mentioned this, but when he had reached out like right after the breakup. So maybe like a week or like right after he moved out, he sent me this long novel about how he does not want to speak. Cause I asked very nicely and calmly if he could just like come by and speak one more time. I just have some questions, like whatever. Yeah. And he said, this is why I don't want to talk to you in this long novel. And then blocked me before I could reply on everything like Facebook, Instagram, like I don't even use Facebook. Like, <laughs> you know, but so. yeah, you're going to send him a Facebook, but you're going to, were you going to yeah. like poke him? Was that your plan? Right. Yes, exactly. I was like, what? <laughs> it was so insane to me. But uh, so in my case, yeah, he blocked me like everywhere. So the only real recourse I had was email. But even still, like I could have. And the way I kind of like resisted it was, you know, the texting a friend thing. I don't like really subscribe to that just because I feel like it's filler and it doesn't mm. really actually satisfy the dopamine hit that you get from texting your ex. So for me, I was like, I need to find genuine joy in other things when I feel like I want to text him. So for me, it was like changing up my routine. Like I use this example, but like you know, he was uh, somebody who would sleep late and I'm like very much a morning person. So when we were together in the mornings, I would like tiptoe out of the room and like make coffee really quietly and like not even make myself breakfast because I didn't want to wake him. And like when he left, I was just like, I'm going to play music. I'm going to listen to a podcast. I'm going to make yeah. breakfast. I'm going to clang pots and pans around <laughs> I'm gonna breakfast in bed and I'm going to watch Ted Lasso. Another thing I cannot recommend enough, Ted Lasso, so, so uplifting. Uh, but like things like that brought me genuine joy. And like it was things like that, just finding more of those little moments that I could do when I knew I couldn't text him. Um, and aside from that, just like separately, I think like if you are somebody who isn't blocked and you could reach out easily actually like play out in your mind what that looks like and not the idealized version, like actually realistically what will happen, what is going to happen? What am I going to get out of this? And like, is this going to actually give me the result that I want? Cause more often than not, it's not going to give you what you want. Yeah. Well, I think it actually goes back to something we talked about on our episode last week. So we did like an anxiety series where we talked mm -hmm. about thinking, you know, anxious feelings. And, yeah. and I mentioned how oftentimes when I want to text someone I'm seeing, it's not because I have something to say, but right. rather because I used your words actually, that I'm looking for that dopamine rush of yep. getting a reply. Yep. And I think this is really similar. Yeah. Like, do you want to reach out to them because right. you think that there is a valuable conversation that exactly one needs to be had and two you think will be had? Right. Exactly. Or like, are you trying to reach out to them because you are like, you know, jonesing for their right. contact? Exactly. And I think most of the time we just want the dopamine hit. We still want to know that they're there, like things like that kind of come into play. And usually, like I said, if you play out in your mind, what actually might happen, that alone was what stopped me because this person in my case just stonewalled me. It wasn't even like a ghosting. It was like, he was like, I don't want to talk to you. And yeah. so in my mind, I was like, if I reach out, I think I'm going to get that same reaction. And it's going to hurt. So why am I going to put myself through that again? You know? Yeah. The, yeah. the very first more serious breakup that I went through when I was in my early 20s and he was older. He was, I mean, older now. Yeah. I think he was 28. Yeah. But like <laughs> yeah. in my mind, I was 23. Yes. So in my mind, 28 was lot. like yeah. an adult. Right. <laughs> um, but when he broke up with me, he like allowed me to use him as comfort. 
mm. in the breakup. Right. Like we had several conversations afterwards. I actually stayed at his apartment for like an hour maybe afterwards. Yeah. He he we had several conversations. I think he yeah. came over once. Yeah. It did not help me. Right. Like yeah. uh, because it basically just prolonged the it amount prolonged of time. It. Right. Yeah, it prolonged the amount of time that I was using him as my comfort yeah. and not finding new things, finding new joy, like you said. Exactly. And that's why, like, when it, I think back to, like, just now recently when I did reach out, I think the reason that it did not affect my emotions, it didn't make me anxious, like, there was none of that, like, when I texted or whatever, I was, there was none of that, like, heart racing thing because there had been so much time like between us where there was zero contact, so many months of absolutely zero contact, nothing that I found so many other ways to comfort myself that I didn't need him to be my comfort. I just wanted to do it to rid myself of the negativity, the like negative, you know, energy, the feelings around it. If I get my answers, great, but I don't need them anymore. I even said that. I was like, you know, if you're willing to speak about it, great. If not, I'll accept that too. Like, you know. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you've you've reached a good place about it. So, you know, with all of that, how do you know or or maybe you don't know when you're ready to date again? (laughs) So, yeah, uh, that was fun for me. Uh, I threw myself back into dating around March and my breakup was in January. It was way too soon. And I just I was doing it because I think I was like angry in a way I think I just wanted to like get back at him even though he did not give a shit at all what I was doing um (laughs) but mentally I was like take that um and I went out on this is actually a fun story so I went out on two dates with this guy who's very nice and we actually remained friends (laughs) I'm actually hanging out with him tomorrow yeah um wow yeah did you meet him on an app yeah Super, super weird. And this is like, yeah, it's a weird story, but he- Okay, great. Yeah. (laughs) We went out on two dates and it was like, nice. We had a fun time. He was cool, whatever. Second date, um, we're having dinner and he said something to the effect of like, you're more than meets the eye kind of. Like he said, I thought I was just going to like talk to you about the weather. Like you're really interesting and you're whatever, something like that. And I was just like, yeah, you say that now. And he was like, wait, what? And I was like, yeah, whatever, dude. You say that now, like sipping my drink, like, what? And he was like, what is, what is happening? And I, oh, we, so- I was just so angry still at all men. And I apologized to him. Like when we parted ways, it was like this awkward hug. And I texted him when I got home and I was like, that was not about you. I'm so sorry. Like I, you did not deserve that. Like, I'm clearly just not ready to date. You've been nothing but super nice. And like, I had a really nice time, but like, I'm, you know, I'm sorry. And he wrote back and he was like, thank you for saying that because I thought what, you know, we had a nice time and I didn't really understand what happened. And then he sent me a bunch of links to like Amazon books that he read when he was going through his breakup. <laughs> and he was nice. like, I highly recommend these. Yeah. Like whatever. Um, that's really nice. Cause my yeah. initial reaction to, to, I thought, like you're more than meets the eye. My initial reaction to that was not good. I'm not going to lie to you. Oh, really? That's interesting. Because yeah. I would have been like, what the, f- what do you mean? You thought, you oh, thought well, when yeah. you, like it's when you saw like- me, you thought I was going to be vapid. It's like negging. Yes. It is kind of like negging. I'll give you that. I mean, but I also took into account that he's not from here. So oh. I was like, maybe there's a little bit of a language barrier. Oh, there. okay. <laughs> that's actually, that's actually a very valid thing. I will, yeah, I will yes. absolutely give him the benefit of the doubt on that. That's so you had that realization mm-hmm. that maybe it was too soon. It was just too soon. And like, that was the thing is like, if you find yourself projecting onto them or you're comparing them to your ex constantly, 
you know, and you're just angry towards the world, then I think that's kind of like how you know you're not ready. For me, I just eventually, after a few more months, was like, yeah, I could get back out there. And it wasn't like I was dying to, but I was like, I could. And it felt better the second time around. You know, I still haven't met anybody, but I'm trying, you know, it's just dating has been kind of a nightmare. So <laughs> aren't we all, girl? We're all out here trying. Seriously, just out here. <laughs> just just out here. Just yeah. out here. <laughs> yeah. And so when when you do, you know, meet somebody and you kind of, you know, get into another relationship, mm-hmm. how are you thinking about your own level of trust and, you know, yeah. like we, we called, we called it like Detective Dara earlier. Yeah. Your name just happens to alliterate well with that. But like, yes. <laughs> how, you know, how will you grapple with that? Yeah. I mean, I am definitely somebody who has some trust issues to begin with. So I'm not going to lie and say that, oh, it's going to be super easy. But like, I think just like going into it um, with like an open mind and not again, projecting on people and also reminding myself that like, what happened is not a reflection on me. So like, Mm. you know, if this happened to the people listening, like, you know, it's not a reflection on you that this happened. I think if anything, it speaks much more to like their character than it does to yours. Like, you know, I think I mentioned this, but like, I consider myself a very intuitive, empathetic person. And like, I did not see these signs, you know, like, I feel like if anybody should have, it should have been me, but I didn't because what was presented to me was the opposite of someone who was unhappy. Like, you know, the picture he gave me was not that of an unhappy person. Like, obviously there were bouts of that, like when you're having a fight, but I always thought they were resolved. And I think I mentioned this previously too, but clearly, I guess, you know, he didn't feel the same and was probably internally still struggling, but I can't take that as like, this is going to happen every single time because that's just not the case. It's really like a person by person, I think like a case by case basis, you know? Yeah. And that's no way to live. Like if you're just always waiting for the other shoe to drop. Exactly. And like, that's what I don't want. I mean, it's like, look, you got to listen to your gut, but I think when something like this happens, it's important to like, challenge the thoughts that come up with that. Like ask yourself, is this actually a red flag or am I just projecting and I'm scared based Mm. on what happened to me in the past? And Mm. if it's, you know, the latter, maybe it's time to see a therapist. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know what? In my opinion, it's always time to see a therapist. Same. I'm a big fan of therapy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Megan. She, I talk about my therapist a lot. My, my the listeners are on a first name basis with my therapist. I love name. that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and she listens to the pod also. So oh, hi, Megan. I love that. Amazing. Um, and one of the things that we said when we were talking about anxiety too is like, mm-hmm. it's no way to live waiting for the other shoe to drop. Right. That being said, like something bad could happen out of nowhere, yeah. but something good could also happen out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, I think that a lot of times we focus on the what ifs in a really bad way. Yep. I agree with that. And we don't let ourselves ever think like, you know, like when you're, yeah, maybe something great's going to happen. Yeah. And I mean, and that's like one of the things that I actually struggled with the most with this breakup for me specifically was that. I think I mentioned this, but I always felt very safe and stable in this relationship. My like little anxiety triggers were just kind of quieted. Like I always felt very safe with this person. So the fact that it still kind of blew up in my face was a little bit of a reality check. I hate to say, because look, I'm not trying to be negative, but I'm just saying like, it can happen in any situation, but it doesn't mean that you should expect it. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, yeah. Well, because also, and you know, 
I think that I saw this on TikTok, I think, and I wish I could remember who where I saw it, but somebody DM'd it to me. So yeah. listener, if you're the person who DM'd this to me, please do it again because so I can credit <laughs> this per- this person. But they were saying that expecting the ba- a bad thing to happen is basically putting yourself through that thing twice. Yeah. Because absolutely. you're you're putting yourself through the like let's say you're expecting, oh, he might break up with me out of nowhere. Right. You're you're experiencing that trauma in your brain. Mm-hmm. in the expectation and then yep. if it does happen you're going to experience it all over again in great reality point. yeah no that's a great point actually it's like it's no fun either way but i would imagine living that way is much worse like i would never way want to live worse. in that constant state of anxiety that's no fun for anybody no no so so that's how you're thinking about you know you being ready to date again right what about them like how you know, I, I don't know if you, I don't know if you have any like insight on that in terms of your own specific scenario, but like, what, yeah. what do you think? I don't have any. It's weird because I, it's like, I want to know, especially now that like I sort of reconnected, but I'm like, again, I ask myself, what is the point of me finding out if he's seeing somebody? He doesn't want to see you, you know, Dara, he, just, he doesn't want to be with you. So like, I try to remind myself of that, but also like, everybody has their own path. And like, I think comparison, like playing the comparison game is dangerous in life, business, everything. So try not to compare yourself to what they're doing. And also this, I thought of this uh, months ago, actually, when I was thinking about it and I found it to be helpful. So hopefully other people will too. But if you think, or if you find out he's dating someone else, remember that at one point he felt that way about you too. So, and you guys still broke up, right? So it doesn't mean that just because he's dating somebody or she's dating somebody that that means it's going to be forever. Like, even if they got married, they could get divorced. Like, you don't know what's going to happen. Like, they felt that way about you at one point and you broke up. So who's to say that this is going to be their forever person, you know? Right. And also your perception of of their, let's say that you still follow this person on social media. And so you're able to see they're in this new, seemingly amazing relationship, like hypothetically. Right. That it seems that way with you and exactly. them as well. And now you know that perhaps they were not actually feeling that way. Yep. So social you know, media. Social, social media is not reality, folks. Not reality one bit. So I actually know that ASV and his new girlfriend are aware of this platform because I recently I don't really look at my story views. I don't know if you do. It's like I feel like it's I like yeah, I do. Oh, you mean like who's watching as opposed Correct. to viewers? Oh, Correct. I occasionally, but not really. It's just like, so, this is, I, I don't mean this how it's going to come out. There's just so many yeah. and you can't search. Yeah, no. So it's like, I, what am I going to do? Fucking like scroll through thousands of people to like see oh, yeah. if it, no. Yeah. But one time I happened to open it to look at the question. It was like a, and ask me anything. So I was mm-hmm. opening it to look at the questions people had asked. And the very top one was a mutual friend of uh-huh. me and ASV who I, I know that he's his friend, but right. I don't actually know him. He's not my friend. Oh, interesting. Okay. So I was like, okay, if that guy knows, right. ASV absolutely knows. Probably. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, and that's actually funny. You mentioned the like, person coming up right at the top. Um, cause that reminds me of 
social media stuff, but like in the reverse and like self-preservation. So when he blocked me, my ex, like his whole family and friend circle was still following me. And every single fucking day, his mom's little avatar and his brother and the sister-in-law, friends, family. I mean, it was the entire top section. Eventually I felt bad, but I had to, I had to block them for a while. Like I was, it was breaking my heart to see their faces every single day, watching me cry about this. Not one person said even the words, I'm sorry. Like, you know, I know it's a little weird for them to probably do that, but still it was like breaking my heart every single time. So eventually I was like, I got to block all you guys. I am blocking them now. I don't care. But (laughs) ASV's mom sent me a letter. Oh, wow. But see, that's nice in a way. (laughs) It was nice. uh, So like, I've talked about this before. So like, sorry for the listeners, but like, so first of all, I've met, I met the lady once. Oh, okay. That's different. So and she really did like me and we did hit it off, but like yeah. we did not have a we did not have an ongoing relationship. We were not communicating one on one in any way. And I just knowing her, I think that she did not consider how that letter was going to impact me. Mm, interesting. Yeah. And also that is weird being that you didn't have like a strong relationship. Like I was on his no. family's Christmas card last year. You know what I mean? Very like, different. I, close with, I felt that I was anyway. Yes. You know, so very it, different. Yeah, that is a little she, weird. And like in the in the letter, she was like, I was shocked and saddened to hear that you and blank had broken wow. up. I'm like, yeah, me too, lady. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's it's a nice sentiment. You know, I wish I had gotten that from someone on his side. But like, that's yeah, that's a little a little weird. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, social media. Well, but yeah, I know, right? Yeah. So the last thing that I want to talk to you about is it doesn't sound like this will be happening in your particular situation, but <laughs> do you think there's any coming back from something like this with like them being in your life again, whether that's romantically or otherwise? Um. Yeah, I do. Uh, I think like, honestly, most exes, like if you, there's enough time and distance between the two of you and you're in a good place and they're in a good place, like... I don't see why not. Like I had a horrible breakup with someone (laughs) reminded me of what you said before. Like he was so much older. I was 23 and he was 30. So it was like, Oh my God. You know? Um, (laughs) Although I will say that if one of my guy friends who's like 30 was dating a 23 year old, I'd be like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, totally. I dealt with that constantly (laughs) when I was with him, but I, there was a multitude of reasons that relationship ended, but basically it was still like a very bad breakup and I really did love him and I trusted him and he really ruined that trust. It's not worth getting into Mm. now, but point being is that years went by and he reached out and was like, you know, I want to talk like whatever. And it's funny because it was almost like the opposite. Like I kind of stonewalled him. And, uh, when we met up, I was just like in a good place and he was in a good place. And like, you know, we can talk now and it's not that we do really, but like we can and it's fine. Yeah. And it's not weird. Like I think with enough time and distance, but that's the thing is like, you really need to give it distance. Like even with my ex from, you know, I texted him a few days ago, even that, like I felt so different from like, Uh, just a few months ago. Like it's like, it doesn't impact. I'm not saying we're going to be best friends anytime soon, but like, I think, yeah, with enough like space and if you're not actually hoping for something to happen deep down and setting yourself up for failure, then Mm. yeah, I guess you can. 
You know. That's a big one. Like, what are you if you're if you're thinking that you want to be friends with your ex who broke up with you That's, out of nowhere? Yeah. Why? Exactly. That's what you have to ask yourself. And like, I'm okay with being civil with my exes, but there's not really too many of them that I'm actually like. I would never call myself friends with any of my exes. Like we're friendly, yeah, but like that's that's really it, you know? Yeah, no, yeah. me either. I, there's like one that I talk to on like a semi-regular basis, yeah. but like it's mostly like Instagram DMs when something yeah, is, exactly. is funny in his story or whatever. Right, exactly. Same. So I think, yeah, you just have to know what your motives are. <laughs> yes. And if you – we did – if you're considering getting back with an ex, one of the very first episodes that Rook and I did was about this mm. because actually ASV and I dated once before, before we got back together again. Interesting. Okay. He ghosted me the first time. Oh. The whole thing. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that one's called the boomerang one. It was episode like oh, yeah. three. I listened to that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. and the biggest thing that I will say to ask yourself is what has changed. Right. Exactly. Yep. And that's one thing I'll say about like the interaction I had with my ex. It seems like nothing really has changed. <laughs> mm. If I'm being completely honest, like I obviously am not you know, asking him anything like, you know, whatever, but like just the way he's talking to me feels very much exactly the same as it did in January. So that's, that's honestly maybe helpful in a way, a little bit, but it also, it's helpful in a way because it makes me think maybe he hasn't grown up at all. And that makes me feel selfishly smug about it because I have, <laughs> you know, love that. we love a growth moment. Yeah. Like I feel like I have grown and I don't know, maybe he has, maybe I'm just being a bitch, but I just, it didn't, it didn't feel any really different. Like the, yeah, yeah it was interesting. It's an interesting vibe, but yeah. <laughs> Well, Dara, I'm so glad that we were able to make some more time to do this. Yes. I feel like Me too. this was <laughs> great. Um, so, you know, we we did a little intro where we let everyone know where to find you, but where, yeah. where can people find you? Yes, I am at Dara Pollock on Instagram and Twitter and I think Facebook. Well, I don't I don't know. Facebook I have to work <laughs> out. But um, And my blog is still under my skinny pig moniker. So it's theskinnypignyc.com. That may be changing to darapollock.com, but right now we're Ooh, that's fun. still- Yeah, I just, I'm like, do I want to do the whole domain mapping? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Web- websites escape me, so I don't blame Seriously, you. same. I don't want to do it. So, but yeah, yes. that's it. <laughs> but we'll put all of those links in the show notes and on our website. And Yay. thank you for being the first installment of our breakup series. It was so lovely to talk to you. Thank you. <laughs> Bye.